here with Volkov and Popular Liberty. We're going to continue our live reading of Jacques Maritain's The Three Reformers. We're going to just do focus on the Rousseau section today of Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Mm-hmm. It'll be uh, an exciting episode. Uh, Iron Cast could not make it. He is not responding to text. We assume he is dead. So pour one out for the homie. Yeah, prayers up, man. <laughs> He's up there right now with Aquinas. Just living the dream. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> you said they're like, no, no. You see, physics. He's trying to talk. My condolence, my condolences to Miss, Mrs. Einkath and yeah. his two and yeah, his children. He's up there with Iron Rand, who mysteriously converted. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Saint <Yes>. Rand, or a pronovis. Or a pronovis for Catholicus. His troll of a like objectivist was that still like the greatest troll on Twitter, in my opinion. It's so, so like, good. No, no, she converted before she died. It's, it's you. This, this, oh, oh, it's so good. Uh, it was great. Now, should I get to the reading? Let's do this. All right. So, Rousseau or Nature's Saint. And we begin with two quotations. One from Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. <laughs> Dic ut lapides isti panes fiant. In English, this would usually be translated or more famously translated as command that these stones be made bread. And if my husband is not a saint, who is? Therese. This was Rousseau's wife shortly after he died. Now, part one, the saint. The angels who see all the happenings of this universe in the creative ideas know the philosophy of histories. Philosophers cannot know it, for history itself is not a science, since it has to do only with individual and contingent facts. It is a memory and an experience for the use of the prudent. And as to detecting the causes and supreme laws working through the stream of incident to do that we should need to share the counsel of a supreme fashioner or be directly enlightened by him. That is why it is properly a prophetic work to deliver men to a philosophy for history. Herder and Quinet, which were two philosophers at the time, Edgar Quinet, I think is he was French, and uh, Gottfried Herder, I believe, who wrote on the philosophy of history in the 19th century. I believe they were more famous to uh, French and German academics at the time than Mahitan is writing, knew that when they mounted their tripod. And it is even surprising to discover how much an age of prophesying prophesying was in the 19th century, which is at first sight the age of positive knowledge, just insofar as it was enlightened by philosophers of history. A philosopher who's content to be not more than human as Descartes says, hurling an arrow at the accursed theologians, will then deal with a philosophy of history only with a sense of the inadequacy of his resources to the matter under consideration. And if he rises above simple rational empiricism, which is confined to ascertaining proximate causes and is less philosophy than political science, he will not hope to reach certain inferences, except so far as the events which he is judging receive their form from the history of ideas and thus share in its intelligibility. There indeed, in the charting of intellectual streams, absolutely solid mental judgments may yet may become possible by logical necessity and the objective meaning of the concepts. Yet we must be aware, beware of a mistake. When we seek to discover in history the evolutionary line of a spiritual force, 
we must obviously consider this forces ratio seminalis, causing a development with various forms, conditioned at once by its own internal logic, formal causality, and by the human accident on which it depends, material causality. What we do, then, is to ascertain the course of spiritual forces passing through men with all kinds of unforeseen outbursts and fresh starts and great apparent breaks rather than the direct relations between man and man. Now, I will pause here quickly to note one thing interesting. If you've read Theory and History by Mises, this is basically a Thomistic version of that of how to chart the history of ideas and its influence in the history of mankind. And it's complemented by atomistic metaphysics. You see how he mentions a formal causality of the internal logic of developments and the material causality, the actual you know, physical reality of the human being and what is happening to them. Continuing um, hey, real on. Quick, real quick, yes. breaking news. Um, U.S. Representative Jackie Warsaw, uh, the, the Republican out of Indiana, has been killed in a car accident. Um, oh, it, okay. it's talking every time I see a Republican get killed in the news, uh, I'm kind of like, okay, it, it, is the left actually cleaning house now? Is the left cleaning out people? <laughs> That's something to think about now. Just wanted to put what, the news what, on the podcast. What did she know about Hillary Clinton? That was the very first <laughs> yeah, comment. Last... That was the very first comment on the saying, Andrew. It, yep. Every time. Yeah. I don't want to break it too much, but I figured, you know, kind of breaking news, fun to like mm-hmm. break it live on a podcast and then. Kind of think about are the left actually like take power you clean house what you're supposed to do and they might be, if they're doing it be interesting Indiana is an inter- interesting choice though yeah love to see all right continuing continuing was not Rousseau for instance for years a Catholic steeped in Catholic teaching did not Madame de, War- de Warrens pass on to him the dubious quality of a quietism which she in turn had debased and they're not are there not Besides, obvious oppositions between the optimism of Jean-Jacques and Lutheran pessimism? Yes, that does not destroy the fundamental analogies which, despite the complete difference of manners and condition, make the spirit of Rousseau a revival of the old spirit of Luther. This spiritual filiation is far more worthy of consideration than the historical tie linking Rousseau to Calvinism by his early education. Once the evangelical revolution was complete and spiritual authority had passed to the princes along with the goods of the church, the spirit of Luther had been quickly bridled in Germany by wholly external disciples and mere governmental utility. But deep in Protestant hearts, it was still active. It takes the offensive again with Lessing. It carries all before it with Rousseau. Rousseau really did a, did, did a work in the sphere of natural morality of the same type as Luther's work in the evangelical sphere. The Germans made no mistake about it, and the Sturm und Drang revived the disorders and delirium which had hailed the advent of the Reformation. But Luther's assault was in the high realms of grace. Rousseau attacked the sensitive and animal element in the human being. It is manifestly absurd to show the Renaissance, the Protestant Reformation, the Cartesian Reformation, the philosophy of the Enlightenment, the Rousseauism as an unlinear series ending in the apocalypse of the French Revolution. This systematization used by rationalist historians hymning the stages of modern emancipation arbitrarily conceals essential differences and deep oppositions. 
Yet to refuse to see the final convergence of these same movements would be an equal misconception of reality. We are faced by breaches at different points and powers intersecting and entwined, but tending in fact to the destruction of one same order and one same life. They are then one, at least in negation. It is even possible to find common characteristics and principles in these different spiritual currents, so long as we regard them as analogically, not univocally, common. In them, there pass before us, in very different proportions, and under forms often opposed, naturalism, individualism, idealism, or subjectivism, all the isms which adorn the modern world. Any comments before we go on to part two? Uh, yes. The, uh, I was going to say that I see at least two... Uh, yeah, because we were talking earlier on Twitter about, you know, what are the problems with liberalism? <laughs> Several of them are named right here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like uh, that, actually there's four of them right right here. I would I would add two more to the list of uh, materialism and nominalism. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I mean, th these four uh, these four are, you know, naturalism, individualism, subjectivism, particularly are. You know, they, they, I mean, these are absolutely destructive to the human condition. The, these are mm -hmm. they're, they're destructive to all reason itself, which is funny because, you know, like uh, the you know, guys like Descartes, you know, were just all big on. Yeah, we need lots of reason, you know, and mm -hmm. he was all about uh, making the, the human mind like an angelic mind. Yeah. And it was like almost pure reason. And uh, yeah. And so, you know, you but you see, uh, you know, going through that actually when when you take these principles you get uh the logical conclusions that Rousseau came to Rousseau was the mm -hmm. one who did it who was the most rational of the of the uh mm -hmm. of the bunch which is really saying something you know because <laughs> uh I'm sure as you keep going I'm not sure how if this gets into the to his history but mm -hmm. oh boy this oh, is this guy it was right now I believe if I remember correctly. oh let's get going <laughs> okay any comments Caleb before we go on no I'm good Okay, so Jean-Jacques is no mere theorist of a philosophy of feeling. Like the English moralists of his time, who were rather intellectuals and analysts discoursing on feeling, it has often been noticed that he himself, and how intensely, is all feeling. He lives in every fiber of his being with a kind of heroism, the primacy of feeling. Does that mean that reason plays no part in him? By no means. Reason in such a man plays a twofold part. Sometimes it serves passion, and then it displays a prodigious talent for sophistry. That is the moralizing, stoical, Plutarchian Jean-Jacques, pompous with virtue, censor of the vices of his age, the Rousseau of the discourse, the letter to Lambert, and the contrat social. Sometimes reason, like an ineffectual light, watches the intoxications of evil desire and sees clearly the harm of them, but it takes care not to interfere and watches always, and so really only increases the attraction by giving it a certain flavor of intelligence and artistic perversity, since, as Aristotle says, it is a mark of the artist to remain an artist when he sins deliberately. That is the Jean-Jacques of the weak soul, the indolent Jean-Jacques, 
the true Jean-Jacques, who resists no allurement, who weakens and wields, who surrenders to pleasure. He sees that he does ill and keeps his eyes raised to the image of a good, and he delights at the same time in the good he loves but does not, and the evil he does and hates not. That is the Jean-Jacques who, protected by his good mama of Le Charmet from the perils of his age and leaving the education of his purity to that pleasant teacher, at the very time when he is taking lessons from the generous lady, pours out to God his religious effusions and his love of virtue, attacked by the moral deformities related in the confessions, the husband of Thérèse in the sight of nature, the glowing confidence of Madame de Houdetot and her amours with Saint-Lambert, in all good faith he sets himself up as teacher of morals, vindicates the family and the home, and eloquently scourges adultery and the vices of the age. He starts the most violent revolutionary fables and denounces with abhorrence the perils of revolution. He discharges into men's hearts in the Nouvelle Eloise all the infections of voluptuousness and makes Julie, when it is too late, calmly uphold the maxims of the most sensible and rational ethics. Quote, would you have one always consistent? One essay at least will bear fruit, end quote. He himself said of the Eloise and the stoical lettres sur les spectacles, which are opposed as white and black and were written at the same time. Let wow, has he fallen. Wow, has he yeah. fallen. <laughs> like he came return. a long way. <laughs> oh, I, I yeah. was a long time before. <laughs> oh, yes. Let us not reproach him. The father of the modern world is an irresponsible. These contradictions are not in the least calculated, but are caused by his mental dissociation. And there is no deceit in them except the sorry cunning of a sick man to gratify his weakness and exploit it. And we ourselves who judge him, secundum hominem dico, are we less full of contrasts, contrasts, less ready to surrender? Dare we accept his cowardly challenge, which makes a covering for his pride out of a humility required of other people and say, quote, I am better than that man, end quote. If his public exhibition of himself disgusts us by, his, by its shamelessness, the sort of wretched tenderness which he arouses in us in spite of ourselves is not due solely to the admirable rhythm of his disclosure and its amazing lyrical flow. The reason is that he bears humanity in us and in himself, and thus awakens a natural sympathy which every being has for its fellow. The question is whether he does not lead us to sympathize with just the lowest parts of our soul and what is most vitiated in the taste of our senses. Any comments before we continue on? Oh, he's really laying into him. Like, that, I mean, uh, Mary Tan's way with words is incredible here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's real. It's like with the Descartes physiognomy check. It's <laughs> yeah. really, really good. <laughs> and 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 if you like that, you should check out his book, Degrees of Knowledge. He uh, he he like just like just like two pages talking about the beauty of metaphysics, and it's just like it's just it's just, just pages and pages of like beauty on how logical metaphysics are. It's um mm -hmm. it's fantastic. Have to read that. So, if no more comments, I'm going to continue. What is peculiar to Jean-Jacques, his special privilege, is his resignation to himself. He accepts himself and his worst contradictions as the believer accepts the will of God. 
He acquiesces in being yes and no at the same time, and that he can do, just so far as he acquiesces in falling from the state of reason and letting the disconnected pieces of his soul vegetate as they are. Such is the sincerity of Jean-Jacques and his friends. It consists in never meddling with what you find in yourself at each moment of your life for fear of perverting your being. So now all moral labor is tainted from its source and by definition with pharisaical hypocrisy, the late state of salvation without works. And it is wicked sophistry to confuse skill in appearing, what well, one is not, with zeal to be more vigorously, that is, more spiritually, and to bring the great riot of what is less, uh, less in us under the law of what is more. We are not unaware that in our perverse hearts, the virtue which is the work of reason alone, proud stoical virtue, usually has falsehood as its parasite. But we also know that the, that the naive hypocrisy nursed by Husoist sincerity is at least as deep and tenacious as the masked hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And above all, we know that true virtue, the gentle virtue, which is in us primarily the work of grace, as it grows of itself, drives all falsehood from the soul. Sincerity is the quality of what is pure and unalloyed. There is a sincerity of matter, which would not be perfect in the last analysis, except in isolation from all form, in pure dispersion, in pure potentiality. If it be true that man, that man is man by what is the chief thing in him, that is, by the spirit, and that his specific sincerity, his sincerity as man, consists in purity of spiritual thought, spiritual sight, by which he knows himself without falsehood. For sincerity, which is not simply purity, but purity of a knowledge uttered to oneself or another, can only strictly be understood by relation to the spirit, then we must say that the sincerity of matter, which plunges us in night and gives us over to all the dissociations of dreams, is the very opposite of true sincerity. You must be yourself. In the last years of his, of his life, Jean-Jacques liked to repeat this formula. On his lips, it meant you must be your feeling as God is his being. Does God, who is all act, need forming? You must regard as sin every attempt to form yourself or allow yourself to be formed, to right yourself, to bring your discords to unity again. Every form imposed on the inner world of the human soul, whether it come from nature or grace, is a sacrilegious wrong to nature. The way in which Jean-Jacques is himself is the final resignation of personality. By dint of following the endless inclinations of material individuality, he has completely broken the unity of the spiritual self. The stuff no longer holds together. Man is no longer himself except at the price of dissolution. The rationalist self had wanted to be self-sufficient. It refused to lose itself in the abyss of God where it would have found itself, and now it can only seek itself in the abyss of sensitive nature, where it will never more find itself. Love, which was the panting of the spirit, and which presupposes as a condition of self-surrender the self and its imminent life, has gone. Nothing but egoism remains, and there is no ego, but only a stream of phantoms. Whoso's man is Descartes' angel, acting like a beast who so brought into literature and real life that type of innocent 
in which the Dostoevsky of Monsieur Guide, I speak only of that Dostoevsky, for the, for the lesson of the other is perhaps less treacherous, found the highest grace. He foreshadows the great dissolution which we are asked to take for the wisdom of the East, and which, alien alike to Hindu metaphysics and the old Chinese ethics, is only the mental collapse of a humanity in surrender. Comments? Oh, yeah. Yeah, go, uh, scroll back up. Well, where at? Uh, yeah, to where he's talking about you have you must be yourself. You know, this Seriously. is a, this is the original Disney guy. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, this is this is like the Disney. You know, I, I, it, it, he says that he has a talent for sophistry. This one's a stick still sticking around today. As like that's where this comes from. You have to be yourself. Mm -hmm. Like who else would you be? Man, man is no longer himself except at the price of dissolution. I love this last two parts, you know. Uh, man, yeah, man is no longer himself except at the price of dissolution. And then he says, nothing but, but egoism and there remains and there is no ego but only a stream of phantoms. You've destroyed yourself because he says it. Yeah, he says it. You refuse to go into the abyss of God where you would have found yourself. You've gone into a, your, the abyss of sensitive nature where you will never more find yourself. There's nothing there for you. Oh, yes, very Augustinian. Very yeah. Augustinian. And to, uh, you know, to, to follow that up, like, remember, he started as, you know, a fairly religious, pious guy. And eventually he's, you know, he's like, oh, let me just, like, try all the pleasures. And then he finally gets to, uh, yeah, you, you just have to be yourself. No, God, you can't, get, you can't do that. And what ends up happening is he ends up acting kind of like a beast. And that, I mean, he, he is the rational conclusion of Descartes, unfortunately. Oh yes, uh, very much so. Again, again, such a great phrase. Whoso's man is Descartes' angel, acting like a beast. That's so good. And another tidbit that uh, you know, because we we will never stop Luther bashing, is uh, <laughs> <laughs> what he says. So now all moral labor is tainted. From its source and by definition with pharisaical hypocrisy. The late state of salvation without works, he says with exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> Just so good. Mm -hmm. I never made that connection, but yeah, but he has a point there. There's an interesting he, point. We see um Martin where the good Zal like roping it all together. Like I'm saying if you read this in order, like Finn Lucifer part, Finnessy, uh, Descartes part, him to do so far, his callbacks there. He does a good job of like whooping back to what he talked about earlier. With, like, oh, yeah. We wouldn't understand the phrase Descartes' angel acting like a beast if we hadn't read that first part of Descartes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he, that he, Descartes he, conceives he, of man as an angel. He has mis completely mistaken anthropology. Yeah. He really does build. I, I, I really like that. He starts with Lucifer. How Lucifer, same way he's like, well, that Lucifer built to Descartes, Descartes built to So he does build his arguments and references back to that, which is a fantastic way of writing his book. I'm, I'm, I really appreciate that. It's a. Uh, this fantastic guy, really. This philosophy is fantastic. His writing is just beautiful. I just mm -hmm. picked up his. Uh, he apparently he wrote like a biography of Aquinas called the Angelic Doctor. Which I just picked up. But I'm super excited to get into that one. But yeah, he's just. Oh I'm, man, uh, if it's anything like this, if it's as good uh, in you know painting historical picture as this, it's going to be very good. Oh yeah, I, I'm so glad we're covering Mamaiton. He is just fantastic, mm -hmm. and the one like us and and one of the guy talking about him really. <laughs> so uh, we need to. Yeah, he's very much underappreciated. Not one audiobook. Not one audiobook of his books. Oh, that's he's not, sad. I can't even find a PDF of him on Squibbed. It's just he's he's nowhere. <laughs> it's just the same. You want me? You want me to continue, or you got more comments, guys? I think I, I was going to comment on the Andrew comment, and he you know beat me to it. So I'm good. 
Okay, so part four. If Husso's declamations bore us horribly, the interest of his life is always fresh. What is the most striking characteristic of his life, rich as it was in psychological lessons? To my mind is what one might call the mimicry of sanctity. I do not say it was a studied com comedy. I say spontaneous mimicry, naive, springing from the heart, sincere duplicity whose first dupe was Jean-Jacques. Let us consider our hero from this point of view with due attention, concentrating in himself the heritage of all the loss of balance brought into the world since the Reformation, sick and ruined by neurosis, profoundly aesthetic, a battlefield of exhausting hereditary contrasts. He unites with wonderful artistic gifts, with a quick intelligence, capable of remarkable instinctive good sense, with overstrung sensitiveness, with high desires, and a flame for genius which shows in his wonderful eyes an extraordinary impotence in the function by which man has rational mastery over reality. In the speculative order, every effort after logical and coherent construction is a torture to him. Quote, his various reasonings never harmonize except in the cadence of his lamentation, end quote. And particularly in the practical order, will as a rational faculty does not exist in him. To realize a dictate of reason, to bring to being to its own active being, a determination judged to be good, is impossible for him. He almost wholly lacks that act of practical reason which Thomas psychology calls the imperium, by which the intelligence, moved by the will, orders the executive faculties by a positive fiat to bring into the formidable world of existence what, has, what it has judged should be done. As to the moral judgment itself, it is often good, even excellent in him, at least of a speculative judgment which he forms when he consults his love of virtue. And what man does not love virtue, does not find it beautiful and good. That is an effect of the essential propensities of human nature. And that is why we are also naturally led to require virtue in others. Now Jean-Jacques, who is not bothered by the world's maxims and the prejudices of false reason, the good Jean-Jacques of nature, proclaims a theoretical love of virtue with more candor than anyone, nay, with a sort of cynicism. But if it comes to forming a but if it comes to forming a practical judgment, to making a resolution by reference to his own object, to choosing for himself when confronted with reality what has to be done here and now, then reason capsizes, and the attraction of the moment is so strong in him, so exclusive, that it makes him at once consider any attempt to reconcile, to reconcile the act to be performed on earth with the, speculative, with the speculative heaven and its higher rules to be absolutely impossible, and thus dispenses him from even the shadow of effort or struggle. It comes to this, that in Jean-Jacques there is no rectification of the will, Hence his vile actions and his moral weakness. That cowardice in face of reality is essentially the explanation of his abandonment of his five children and his crises of passion, his breaking of friendships, his impotent frenzies, the dubious narcissism of his opinions, and all the shames and wretchedness of his life. Okay, and we then... got to stop there. We got to stop there. You're going <laughs> way right. too far. You're covering yeah. way too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going back up for all of this because yeah. there's so much right in there. It's like, oh, yes. And th th like, this is a major part of his temper, of uh, Russo's temperament, is that 
he never sees himself as doing any wrong. And it's like, mm -hmm. he always finds a way to rationalize what he's doing. And mm -hmm. he's all, and like, like I remember at uh, one story, like uh, I forget who it was who was supporting him in uh, like England. At one point he had to. Uh, David Hume, the philosopher. Yeah, Hume. Yep. And he like, and he just like screws this guy over repeatedly. And all, oh, of, yeah. like, all of Hume's friends are like, dude, come on. He's such a fraud. Yeah. He's, Even he's Adam completely Smith. conning you. <laughs> Even I, Adam Smith was saying this. Yeah. And so the uh and like I mean this guy he was like just horrible to everyone he ever met. And mm -hmm. like I mean it, when he abandoned his five children which you know by the way really says something to me right now like how yes. could you abandon your children five of them. And then he writes uh, a meal which is on children and their upbringing which is what? Like, after his third yeah. abandonment. It was after his third abandonment. Mhm. Mm I, I okay, so I want to. I know nothing about Rousseau. I, I, I he's oh, yeah. so I don't want to look into him, but I never did. But what <laughs> basically, oh, yeah. five he, kids and want a book on raising children? What the fuck? I, and his conclusion was the state could do it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a treatise on education oh, or a treatise on education. That was his conclusion. I was like, is, oh my god, this is the guy and, who goes to contractors with built most of like Western, like Western political science. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, I it, hate us so much. His madness is what is what we, you know we instantiated into law. No, <laughs> this what happened. The church killed Luso. I know. <laughs> just, why did no one murder him? I know. You're telling me there wasn't one evil cardinal. Come on. Come on. What is this? Was, like, had, what are we Protestants? Come on. We said murder. <laughs> I'm, I have this. I've been saying this for a while now. My Protestants hate it. Christianity was better when the church killed the heretics. It was. Yeah. It, it was better. We should kill more heretics again. Uh, but yeah, oh. it's like with it, you know, with, with his, his like kind of art, and I really like how he puts it down to that artistic temperament because mm -hmm. it's it's a very very superficial temperament that goes into being an artist. That's what makes them good. Is that they're good at seeing the superficial, mm -hmm. and, and you know, in ways that other people just aren't. And mm -hmm. because of that, I mean, you get to not look anything more than an inch deep. And you can always find a way to justify yourself like this to where you can mm -hmm. be just an awful person and you can, and, but you always walk around like, Oh yeah, I'm you know a really good, normal, average human being. Why is everyone so, why is life so hard for me? Oh, poor, what was me? Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm the victim. And that's exactly what you have in Rousseau, who by the way himself was abandoned as a kid. Uh, by oh. by his father, as so I was like, ooh, you know, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. where that's where that comes from, and is that you know his uh, his love of virtue and what 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 he says where uh, he's masking his pride with humility and all that, and he's co he's compensating his his psychology. Yes, he is compensating for the lack of having a father, and that's why he re rejects authority so much. Mm -hmm. And you see, I mean, you you see so much orphan psychology in him, all oh, yeah. over the place. I didn't know this was saying Thomas psychology. I just looked it up, and I've already got like a bunch of books added to my shopping cart. I think Father like, Ripperger has like a free volume treatise on Thomas psychology. I last I saw, I, I saw a, a post on Twitter a while ago. It was like um, there's some new book coming out. It was like called Thomas psychology: Refutation of the Modern Psychological Problems. Um, okay. I saw like it's been seen around after someone's after the whole news book about the uh, serotonin not being the cause of like depression and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm I'm. Definitely looking into that now. Like psychology okay. doesn't that isn't materialistic. That's, that's I have to I have to make one point about Thomas psychology. Mm -hmm. You know, in that in the uh, in the New Pope, you know that that uh, that that show. There's mm -hmm. one line in there. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was the Young uh, Pope. 
young pope who who made this point that and i'm like that's such a good point where he where the, the uh, one of the cardinals says yeah, and how in the world did we let psychology slip past us? Billions of dollars sunk into this thing every year. No real work. <laughs> how did we let this slip? How did the Catholic Church let this slip slip by us? <laughs> it's like, yes, very like, much. All things. I was like, oh, that's a really good point. <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, when it, I'll I'll find a good book and want to do a live one of those eventually. I want to psychology through a list of things we're going to cover. But yeah, basically with, with Rousseau, he's all his moral judgment is really, really good, except when it comes to him. Yeah, there's no so practical judgment. The speculative order is usually fine. Like he'll do mm -hmm. cry adultery and he'll talk about the evils of voluptuousness, as my thumb said. Yep. But like when it comes to any affair of the practical order, when it comes to concrete objects and reference and reality, he's completely disconnected. It's this uh yeah, it's just very, very much reminded me of uh, Mahitan's portrait of Luther. It's this, you know, complete disconnection between what should be done and what I can do and this despair at it and completely giving up. Absolutely no effort expanded in that direction of rectifying yourself. As he says, there is no rectification of the will mm -hmm. in Husso. There is no correcting of it. There is no correcting him at all. It's like because mm -hmm. the idea that he's in the wrong at all is just anathema to him. Yes. It's like, you must be the bad person mm -hmm. for even suggesting it. All right, then. Do we continue? Yeah. Let's continue. Uh, okay. And then? Then we are at the antipodes of the moral life and holiness, antipodes being diametric opposites. Agreed. But we see what happens. Incapable of imposing himself on reality by that supreme act of rational command without which there is no moral virtue this perfect romantic stops at and rests in the sphere of art, of the virtue of art, which is complete as soon as it makes a good judgment about what should be done. He judges then, and he judges well, when there is no question of himself coming to resolve hic et nunc here and now. He judges and does not act. And there, freed from all anxiety about performance, he merely dreams his life, builds it in the world of images and artistic judgments. And as he is a voluptuously sublime artist and has the love of virtue and delights in the image of the good, the life he thus builds is an astonishing one of sweetness and kindness, of candor, simplicity, and easy sanctity without nails or cross. Is it then surprising that he is eternally maudlin about himself? And that Sampre and Julie, that is, Jean-Jacques all the time, shed tears of pious and sincere enthusiasm over virtue just when they are surrendering to the least virtuous propensities. It is rather a double personality than hypocrisy, but it is much more pernicious and more unhealthy. All right, Part we got to go back. Yeah, we okay. got to go back. We got to go back. <laughs> just in that paragraph? Okay, let's go. Yeah, it's like there's, there's a lot there because mm -hmm. like – Go, yeah, keep going back. Yeah, scroll back. Okay, um, to where he's uh, talking about unable to impose himself on reality. Yeah. And uh, basically, the antipodes of, uh, of moral life and holiness agreed, but we must see what happens. Incapable of imposing himself mm -hmm. on, rea on reality by that supreme act of rational command. Right there is subjectivism. That is the that is the uh, the essence of subjectivism right there because subjectivism reverses object and subject. So normally, in a Thomistic sense, you know, the objective is what's around you. 
You know, that's mm -hmm. extra, that's the external world. The internal world is what's subjective. You can make the internal world whatever you want it to be. And, and the external world is what it is. Whereas with subjectivism, that you know, what happens is you get the reverse. This is where Kantianism comes in. Where, uh, yeah, basically what's, uh, you know, when you have subjectivism and you doubt the senses is what comes from Descartes, you know, because Descartes like, you know, remember his cogito, you know, that, you know, this is what, you know, this is where you come from, where the only thing I can know really is inside of myself. Mm -hmm. That's the objective. So therefore mm -hmm. everything around me is just subjective. And what does that lead so everything inside of me, my thoughts, my feelings, is the objective world of things I know. Everything out there, I can, is, I can make it whatever the hell I want. There's, mm -hmm. And this is why subject, lib, all liberalism, all liberalism leads to totalitarianism. Because that right there, that, that logical conclusion that the rest of the world is around me is subjective and I can make it whatever, whatever I want. And the, my internal world is what it is and, and is un, inalterable. And that is where is, you know, the, the point that, uh, Oh, I have the book right. right here. You know, that I was reading. Knew it was my, coming. Um, I knew it was channel. coming. <laughs> they have uncrowned him by Marcel Lefebvre. He makes this point explicitly that when you reverse the objective and the subjective, you get totalitarianism mm -hmm. necessarily so because, because right there he, he would impose himself on the rest of reality by rat, by reason, you know, mm -hmm. like the command of reason. That's his, you know, that's his justification. That's where but he'll never. And it's important to note that he'll never do anything to resolve the questions here and now. He judges, but only judges. There is no question of of himself coming to a resolve hic et nunc here and now in Latin. No question mm -hmm. of it. There's absolutely no chance. No, no. You know, it's a joke. It's sort of like there's no potentiality for him to even. There's no potential for him to even do this. Oh yeah. And but but you know but when you make an, an entire ideology and you you know, legislate it in the law <laughs> based on the idea of subjectivism, it's liberalism necessarily will always lead to totalitarianism because of that subjectivist uh, presupposition that's within it. And again, this is diametrically opposed to the Catholic idea of truth, which is everything around me is the objective. Yeah, everything around me is the object outside of me. That is, you know, is, that is what's objectively knowable, and what's inside of me is subjectively knowable. And mm -hmm. by reversing subject and object, you get that you know this uh, this totalitarian mindset right there. And I guarantee you, if he had had power, he would have done something with it. He would mm -hmm. be exactly the sort of tyrant that he he was uh, always you know kind of railing against. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. And it's interesting to note that this is a kind of sickness of spirit, as Mahitan uh, believes in. So that it is not hypocrisy, it is double personality, which is much mm -hmm. more pernicious and more unhealthy. It's, you know, a crisis of spirit, which no one, and maybe no one in his life, I don't know if no one, maybe if he had good a bringing a good authority in the church. Or no, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> not really, no. No, yeah, but if he had those things, maybe he could have at least been, you know, if he was forced to be a Carthusian yeah, monk, which take up, which, take a vow of silence except to sing hymns <laughs> maybe he could have been fit <laughs> by the way great movie about the great documentary about them is integrate silence which yarvin has recommended it's really really good hmm. it's just it's completely silence there's only text and there it's just like a time in a carthusian monastery no. very very interesting 
<laughs> Yavit has some inter- has some great t- when it comes to like Catholic stuff. Yavit always seems to have like great takes on it. Like his joke about oh, yeah. um, what was it? His uh, confession is like therapy, but it works. <laughs> yeah, a great one. Yeah, his um, if you don't believe spirits of power can come from uh, from nice clothes, you're a Protestant. <laughs> yes, I mean his, his review of the young pope is amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah it's great. It's- it's really, really funny too. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he went onto that channel because it's like it's like a channel with like two hundred subscribers or something. That's why I'm hoping to get him on. I, I emailed yeah. him trying to get him on. I tried to get him on for just a uh, he went on, he went on AA stream for a uh, caller episode. I want to get him on yes. for a uh, Eric von Kudlin episode. He, he referenced a whole that. bunch. I'm like, dude, yeah, focus Kudlin episode. Talk about why he's awesome. But uh, I've not not gotten a response yet. Mm-hmm. I probably won't. And uh, yeah, but, but that point that uh, he's making that uh, is made right there about it's basically a double personality. I mean, that's that's kind of what C.S. Lewis talks about when he says that, uh, you know, it's, it, it's the, uh, you know, like like bad men. No, they're not very good. You know, really bad men think they're doing great. And oh, yeah. that, like, that's what that is right there. He's the really bad sort who thinks he's doing fantastic. It's that double personality of love and virtue that is disconnected from reality. That's what does it is. That's how you get the Hitlers. That's how you get the Stalins. That's how you get the Mao's. That's how you get the mass murderers who are like, I'm the greatest. Yeah. I'm doing fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. like, and uh, anyone who doesn't like me is just a hater, you know, <laughs> uh, like, that's how you get that. Uh, is that little disconnect right there to where, oh, yeah, they love virtue and, you know, just not when they have to do it. Yeah, there's no, yeah, I, mean, I might have to keep using that, that he can't no, no here and now. There's just the, you know, the judgment of the mind, which is suspended in eternity, sees itself as God and no action in the world. It's already perfect in its being. You just needs mm-hmm. to act out whatever it is. There's no reforming of the will. There's no rectification, no correction, no living according to God. There's only living according to whatever the self is. But there is no self if you don't rest it, if you don't find it in God. You know, our hearts are restless, so they rest in thee. Mm-hmm. So, part five, unless you guys have more comments. Keep going. Oh, yeah, I got nothing else to add. Let's do it. Where were we on? Five? Five. You there? Okay. Well, then, it only needs a favorable occasion or an advance of the neurosis for this imaginary world in which Rousseau spends most of his life to slip into existence in its turn. But, if I may say so, by guile, by way not of the moral will, but on the contrary of a more complete abandonment to the automatism of images, a final psychological cleavage. Then, following the lines of least inward resistance and the inclinations of the artistic will, Jean-Jacques will now let his dreams arrange his own life like a play, that life which he has given up all idea of shaping by the difficult effort of the moral will. First, by strokes here and there, then at last, systematically and continuously, he makes of his very being a deception, a simulation of perfection, a semblance of sanctity. Quote, nature has made of him nothing but a good worker, sensitive, it, it is true, even to ecstasy, end quote, he says of himself. We must understand that the mental dominance of art invading with the help of madness the whole field of the spirit will at last take the place of all human development in him. 
see him at the moment when, after his first discourse, he sets up as a recluse and a copyist of music at 10 sous a page. He made his timidity and his deep natural unsociability the very means of that radiation amongst men for which he had hitherto longed in vain, and he has found a sort of interior balance. He reforms, that is, he begins to dream no longer in imagination alone, but in action, to set his images free not only in his books, but in his life. Quote, from then on I became virtuous, or at least enraptured with virtue, end quote, or at least several quotes here. Everything helped to detach my affections from this world. I left the world and its pomps. A great revolution had just taken place in me. A different moral world was revealed to my eyes. I can date my complete renunciation of the world from that time, end quote. Very interesting that he just admits this. I didn't know. Complete renunciation from the world. But not in the ascetic, church Catholic sense, which is against the Arians and the Gnostics and the evil and seeing the world as evil, but from a very, very different sense. A reformation, certainly, but an artistic, not moral reformation. The heart is still tainted and putrescent, thoroughly rotten with sensual self-love and self-complacency. He decides to set all powers of his soul to smash the fetters of opinion and do bravely everything that seemed good to him without troubling himself at all about men's judgments. But he declares immediately that his, that he declares immediately that this is perhaps the greatest resolution, or at least the most useful to virtue that ever mortal conceived, showing thus, as by the skillful publicity given to his undertaking, that he reforms for the public and not for himself. He affects a plebeian manner and plays the Christian cynic, but he is more than ever occupied with the effect which he produces on the world of nobility and wealth, which visits him constantly in his room and will soon applaud the devant du village. At last, he is a model for humanity, a professor of virtue, a reformer of morals. And it is just at this very time that the future author of Emile abandons his third child. <laughs> See him after, yeah. See him after that in his last years, after the exile, after his great bitterness and tribulations. He has fled from Hume in England, as we mentioned before, suffering from a real fit of madness, as he himself confessed to Cohen says. For three years, he has wandered from town to town, chased by the demons of honors and persecutions. He is back in Paris. He is about to write the, dia the dialogues and the reveries, he feels himself wrapped in a work of darkness whose frightful gloom he cannot in any way pierce and to which all the present generation conspires. He is surrounded by triple walls of darkness, shut up in the immense building of shadow which they have raised around him. He knows that the whole world is in league against his person, that the conspiracy of philosophers has sworn his ruin, that he is forced to live shut away from a society of men. Quote, the league is universal, without exception forever, and I know I shall end my days in this ghastly prescription without ever fathoming the mystery of it, end quote. Well, he pardons. He no longer answers his detractors. He behaves generously towards David Hume. He does nothing beyond weeping over his misfortunes, over the good works he has not been allowed to do, <laughs> over his unparalleled goodness of heart. 
Bernardin de, de Saint-Pierre is amazed at the simplicity and peace of his modest dwelling in the Rue de Platière. Unselfish, temperate, gentle, indulgent, resigned, poor and loving poetry, he lives secluded. He has renounced the company of the great, as well as the Armenian costume. If you guys didn't know, he used to wear a costume. In fact, one of the most famous paintings, he himself is wearing a hat. I believe this is what Mahitan is referencing. He botanizes. He has entirely left the world. Doubtless, he has not abandoned himself. And yet, there truly is over him, at this moment, the shadow of greatness and true goodness. What has actually happened? Actually, he has finally slipped into dream. Under the pressure of sorrow and tortures only too real, and a certain calming desire brought by age, mental sickness has finished its work. Whoso has broken not every moral bond of the world, but every psychological bond with reality. Henceforward, he can become indifferent, at least so he believes, to outer things, which are now nothing to him. No longer under restraint to reality, decompressed, if I may use the word, his imaginary self, his self of goodness, the self of his imagination and feeling, the self of his artist dream unfolds in free relaxation. If my husband is not a saint, who is? The heads will cry after his death. Jean-Jacques enters sanctity under full sail, his own sanctity, just when he is going mad, when he is entering the harbor of dementia. He is indeed the saint of the age. Do not all the pilgrimages to his grave bear witness to it? The queen herself makes that pilgrimage. The sensitive souls come first, then the good republicans will come in their turn to the poplar isle of Hermenonville to shed tears on the holy martyr's grave, the grave of the man of nature and truth of the man who never walked but in the paths of virtue and venerate his relics, his snuff-box, his shoes, his cap. The cap is the sign of liberty, cried Chéran to Montmorency in 1791, showing the crowd Jean-Jacques' cap, and this one covered the head of the most illustrious of its defenders. It is in this sick genius, this empty sham that the 18th century possesses its authentic metal model of virtue, while true sanctity begs on the roads in the person of another vagabond, a real poor man, this time St. Benedict Labre. Is there a more striking case of pathological counterfeit, a living and palpable phantom of goodness and wisdom, and incited and understanding adrift, a will in ruins, and incapable of the smallest rational recovery, and artistic gifts more beautiful than ever, pure surrender to the flow of dream waters, a soul fully, totally, supremely swept by self-love. He sets a good vital. <laughs> <laughs> he is really good. Anyway, comments, guys. Okay, uh, hold on. I'm getting some uh, chats in here. One from Definitely Twelve. This sounds like it was written by King James. <laughs> uh, from Caleb. Wait, y'all, y'all venerating snuff boxes? <laughs> um, and this guy is voiced to do audiobooks. I am considering doing some uh, pre-recorded readings of a few dialogues, but one dialogue yeah, specifically by Jonathan Bowden, and maybe yeah, a few other things. Know. It's, yeah, you know, well, yeah, it's um, 
Maritana sets a great ride up. Actually, it's my only complaint really have when I read him is that if I'm trying to read something in a hurry, you know, I have like 20 minutes before I get to work, I'll read some Maritana. I'll get to like a page that happens. Okay, it's beautiful, but what are you saying? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, he's I have the to, like, worst. What he's trying to say. He's the worst professor of Thomism. He's the opposite of Edward Fazer. He's yes. really beautiful and really, really good if you know Thomism and scholasticism. If you yeah. don't, don't expect to learn it from him. You should have some. You should have basic knowledge of it, and by that I mean you should have read Introduction to Scholastic Metaphysics by Edward Fazer. My friend's first book on Thomism he he bought he bought um, Zach Maitan Introduction to Philosophy. Um, maybe that's good. Maybe Mahitan knows that's an introduction. No, and he, no, no I, oh, I, looked, okay. I looked it up. That book is like people could say like the worst introduction to philosophy because it doesn't like really he doesn't introduce you to anything. He kind of just starts at high level stuff and hopes you get it. Oh, and so that's it's um an yeah, interesting he, method. He also bought uh, approaches to God instead of buying like uh, Ed Phase's five proofs of guys. Like, what is this by Zach Martin? I like you, you say he's good. I'm like, yeah, he's good, but approaches. I don't, yeah, I've read approaches to God. Book. It's good. Your friend is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 a good book, but it's just it's not a good you know introduction. I mean, I remember reading like I mean, I I read it before. I read it first before I got Phaser, then I read it again after I read uh you know Five Proofs and Introductions Class Metaphysics. It made some sense and it was very beautiful and worth reading at least if you're already a Catholic. It's not worth reading if you want to get like oh quick book on Aquinas's Five Ways and a few others. <laughs> it's not worth it for that. Um, if you're not acquainted with scholasticism, if you are, it's really, really good. And it's a very, the middle part is a brief recapitulation of the five ways. First part is, a, an introduction to approaches of God and the sort of one he of his a, own approaches. And the, and the last part is another one of his own approaches. He's a good, he is. He has a graph that proves God is yeah, real. So this graph, this torturous <laughs> graph that before I read five proofs made absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, I posted it before. I might post it again because it's really funny. That's uh, I was clipping through the book trying to read it. I get to this page, and I'm like, you know what? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to Phaser for a bit. <laughs> but okay, so to comment on the passage, what I find yeah. most, or at least interesting, that really uh, you know, pulls my eye is the part where he shows that he becomes a saint, which is uh, historically very true. While you know, a real saint, Saint Benedict Labra, I Labra is that how you pronounce it? Let me see his name, Saint Benedict. Uh, is you know does is not cared at all for the century. No one looks at him. Uh, yeah, Benedict Joseph Labre was a Francis. Yeah, was a Fr French Medican, Franciscan, Tertiary, and Catholic saint. Yeah. Okay. So the exact counterexample to uh, everything that John Jacques is essentially the antipode. Antipode would it, would that be the word in English uh, that uh, Mahitan uses? Is you know a, a mendicant on the streets with no celebrity. Do you have any more comments? Because that's just what pulled my eye. But I'm reading, so I'm not, you know, I observe it at the moment, but then I'm, you know, forced to focus on the next thing. Yeah. I, I would say the, 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 um, what you said about basically him becoming a saint, it kind mm -hmm. of points to that point Zammy's in making that, um, the Protestants, they were consistent. Luther would be like their saint and be their prophet. And I guess in these people, politically speaking, actually did do that. They turned someone who should be like, they're at least consistent in that. This guy did do so much that they said pretty much a saint, and they, they do, which is, mm -hmm. I guess, they're consistent, and I would say it's sacrilege <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and blasphemous, obviously, but it's, um, you know, we here at Ostertomism love consistency. It's why we love Ace so much. Well, it's, <laughs> it's uh, something I'm kind of realizing right now is how much of Protestantism is from Rousseau. 
Forget mm-hmm. just liberalism. You know, I'm looking at how much of the, uh, of this description really, really fits Protestants. That and that. Uh, I mean, l- look at the uh, you know th- this idea that you can ha- be very disconnected from. <laughs> yeah, you can be very di- disconnected from. Here's what. Here's everything that happened before fifty. You know, like before Martin Luther, and then after Martin Luther. And you think, oh, yeah, you just like make it up as you go along. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if anyone wants to be a Bible scholar, that's fine. Yeah, the Catholic Church, it got corrupted. That was fine. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, that's that. You know, where'd you get that authority? And, but the, this idea that you can just be like just disconnected from your history, mm-hmm. disconnected from reality, and kind of see yourself as like, you know, a good person, that comes back to Rousseau, not Luther. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there's yeah, one to... phrase here which perfectly captures uh, Rousseau and every, it just perfectly captures Rousseau the man. So I'll just read it again. At last, he is a model for humanity, a professor of virtue, a reformer of morals. And it is just at this very time that the future author of Emile abandons his third child. Yeah. I mean, man. It's like, and you see that that same sort of individual individualism and Protestantism, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you see, it, like, who is it that really praises that the you know that that rugged individualism, which is a quote from from Rousseau, by the way. You know, it's always Rush Limbaugh. You know, I remember mm-hmm. growing up on Rush on Rush Limbaugh, and uh, he was like a me- he was a Methodist. He was again one of the greatest American broadcasters that we've ever mm-hmm. had. Just the best. And, Love yeah, I mean, he, he he was by far the best. I mean, I don't think anyone's beaten him to this day. No. And you know, who really likes likes that rugged individual? It's always him. That was always the the thing he would say. And I mean, it's hitting me now, like just because I was raised by Protestants as well. That they always praise that sort of rugged individualism too. Like, and this is where that comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, obviously none of them would, you know, be uh, okay with like abandoning your kids, mm-hmm. but you know, like, not like that. I mean, none of them would go that far, but you know, they, you know, like the origins of it is right there and they're just being logically inconsistent about it. But, you know, I mean, they're subjectivists, (laughs) you know, that's also that, that Mm -hmm. also kind of begins with, you know, like uh, Rousseau where you can just be completely disconnected from reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We want for an hour. Do you guys want to keep going? You want to stop here? I can keep going. It depends on you I would say, yeah, keep going, make it, let's go like an hour 15 or something like that. Okay. Okay. Part six, he is holy. His holiness consists in loving himself without comparison. By one of those feats of psychological acrobatics of which only disease is capable, never having conceived his moral life as anything but a performance, he ceases to think of the opinion of others on the day when there is only himself to fill the auditorium. He ceases to order everything to himself, on the day when his self has swallowed up has swallowed everything up and thus egocentrism at its culminating point becomes capable of aping the unselfishness of charity the self of jean jacques has become in itself so interesting so highly consoling that it deserves to be contemplated and loved for itself alone in all its parts and all its works noble or base simply because it is he's made himself god 
so immense that no obstacle can bruise it in future, so divine that it has no longer any contrary, so that Jean-Jacques loves himself too absolutely to have any self-esteem left, that is, to envy or ask of others. Quote, no more susceptible of modesty than of vanity, he is content to feel what he is. I love myself too much to be able to hate anybody. That would contract, compress my existence, and I want rather to extend it over the whole universe. End quote. Watch him manufacturing his halo. I doubt, he writes, whether mortal ever said better and more sincerely to God, thy will be done. He is convinced that he is unique of his kind, like pure spirits, Descartes' angels here, that he is the good man par excellence, the best of man, not that he is virtuous. He has renounced that name since he yielded completely to his dream self and by that became holy. But because he is good, again, much like God, pure good, because he embodies in himself the goodness of nature, a distinction which will escape the pilgrims of Hermenonville and the devotees of the holy martyr. He's basically saying people like Rousseau don't understand metaphysics. Let us read <laughs> yeah. again the extraordinary prologue to the Confessions. Quote, I am proposing an undertaking the like of which has never been and of its performance. There will be no imitators. End quote. So much for modesty. <laughs> Begin quote. I want to show my fellows a man in all truth of nature. End quote. So much for nature. And that man will be myself. Quote. Myself alone. I feel my heart and I know men. I am made like none of those whom I have seen. I dare to think that I am made like none that are. If I am not of more account, at least I am different. Whether nature did well or ill to break the mold in which she cast me can only be judged when I have been read. End quote. So much for the Angelus conception of the individual. And now for sanctity. Quote, Let the trumpet of the last judgment sound when it will. I shall come to appear before the sovereign judge with this book in my hand, the confessions. I shall say boldly, this is what I have done, what I thought, what I was. I have told with equal candor and good and ill, have shown myself just as I was, contemptible and vile, when I was so good and generous and sublime, when I was so. I reveal, I have revealed my heart as it was in your eyes, eternal being. Gather around me the countless multitude of my fellow creatures. Let them hear my confessions. Let them lament my infamies. Let them blush for my meanness. Let each of them in his turn disclose his heart at the foot of your throne of the same sincerity. And then let but one of them say, if he dare, I was better than that man. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, what, what a piece of work! <laughs> the ego. I mean, the, the, um, and we haven't got to find Lucifer, Lucifer's ex, and we talked about Lucifer's egoism and how it's all, you know, all Lucifer's ego. Trump him. And, yeah, easily. I mean, I mean the, the, oh, yeah. the Trump Lucifer's ego is quite a feat, and we so just fucking does it. <laughs> wow, I mean, he's he's like doing a high jump over this thing. That's insane. <laughs> I, I have never read something so so centered and so. Yeah, go like, back, go back and read that again. <laughs> go back part? and read that. The whole thing. Yeah, it's like let the trumpet at the last of judgment the last. sound. Okay, let the trumpet of the last judgment sound when it will. I shall come to appear before the sovereign judge with this book in my hand. 
I He's not saying, talking about the Bible, by the way. No, that's talking about the confession. No, it's talking about the confession. No, it's talking about the confession. book that he wrote. <laughs> yeah, it's talking about the book he wrote. <laughs> it's talking about oh, the very book he's writing this in. Oh my God. I shall say boldly, this is what I have done, what I thought, what I was. I have done with equal candor, good and ill, have shown myself just as I was, contemptible and vile when I was so good and generous and sublime when I was so. I have revealed my heart as it was in your eyes, eternal being. Gather round me the countless multitude of my fellow creatures. Let them hear my confessions. Let them lament my infamies. Let them blush for my meanness. Let each of them in his turn disclose his heart at the foot of your throne with the same sincerity. And then let but one of them say, if he dare, I was better than that man. Like, I was better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I saw Lucio. Yeah, that was I, easy. Not hard. I saw <laughs> Lucio was being an elegant piece of shit when he said, uh, yeah. how can I not say after, I, after I've done confessing and then received reconciliation that I am not better than a man who has not gone to it yet? I said, that was a piece of shit move. I mean, by this the way. takes the cake. Yeah, I mean, this is where, this is where you get you get the the uh, you know that that phrase that you know hypocrisy is a, is a feature of the left, not not, not a flaw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's not a bug it's wow. like this is where it comes from it's like it's that like, hypocrisy right there <laughs> it's like, like, the, oh, no. oh I, I'm complete shock the next right part now. is really like, good trust insane. me okay, okay. It, how can you top this you'll see Russo. Yeah, so okay. Mahitone's commentary <laughs> we may wonder at the way he confesses and realize what the Christian idea of confession has become in his hands he accuses himself but only to give himself absolution, the crown and the palm. If I may use the phrase, he has turned Christian humility inside out like a glove. He finds himself quite at home with the eternal being. The fact is that this eternal being is already hardly more than a name for conscience, hardly more, hardly more than the imminent God of the romantic philosophy. There are other passages. Quote, I should go... I should go full. I should go distrust fully. He wrote in six, 1763, alluding to a plan of suicide. If I knew a better man than myself, and again, after speaking of his failings, with all that, I am convinced that of all the men I have known in my life, none was better than I. What is to be said? He is right to proclaim himself good, and we must believe him. He is. He is in truth the man of natural goodness. Is he not always innocent? who whatever he may have done, since he has never willed any evil any more than he willed good. No one has realized to the same degree and so purely the kind of goodness of which human nature is capable when it overflows in pure spontaneous emotion, in a miracle, miraculous isolation from the order of reason and the order of grace. He shows us just what this goodness can and cannot do. From this point of view, he is a unique and valuable specimen. Only we will add with the gardener's wife at Montmorency. What a pity that so good a man wrote gospels. <laughs> that so good a man wrote gospels. At, at last, he attributes to himself the privilege of being the still unblemished man of nature without trace or stain of the original corruption due to civilization. This is what uh, Monsieur Selier calls his immaculate conception. And he becomes as God himself. All is over for me on earth. No one can, sh can now do me good or harm there. And there am I, calm at the bottom of the abyss, a pure, luckless mortal, but impassable even as God. 
for. I don't, I, I don't even think I ran with this trifle. I'm gonna. No, 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 even I ran with we just be like, okay, maybe services isn't a virtue. Maybe, maybe I ran at least had hero worship. Like, she actually thought there were these great men who were better than her. She at least yeah. had that conception. She had the conception of worship into a greater good in some sense. That's why she wrote the novels she did with these, you know, remarkable, ridiculous yeah. heroes. I would walk. Russo is his own remarkable, ridiculous hero. I, I holy shit! <laughs> I, I need was... to read Twisted Psychology and then this white arm. Do you want me to continue, or you guys want to comment? I, I, I'm almost at the end. I was like, are are we even able to like? I almost feel like that's a stopping point. You're like, how could it get better than that? Okay, let <laughs> me just finish this part. Let's get to seven, and then we can stop at seven. Okay. Poor Jean Jacques, detached from everything. Truly, except from his exorbitant individuality, we cannot help but pity him greatly, as we do Nietzsche, both of them victims, because they lived them to the very end of principles of madness, which they <laughs> took from their age, and they returned them to their age with interest. But we must distrust this compassion. It must not mask from us the monstrous aberration of this self or sordid quality set up, set up as just judge of the universe, nor the catastrophes for which responsibility, responsibility lies on that indignant and querulous sensitiveness erected as a kind of law and the last court of appeal against the order of the world. Each one of us perceives dimly that the whole order of the physical world is of less account than one's spirit. And that is why the wretched man is able to take us in. The human heart yields. It thinks it hears the lamentations of a spirit, nay, some echo of the unutterable lamentation, which is, a which is the cry of the spirit of holiness in us, at which, joints the creation, at which the joints of creation groan. It hears only a vicious riot of flesh and blood. Wow. wow. <laughs> I just like... I, I can't get. I I had. I knew he had a real ego streak. I knew he was bad shit. This is like the, <laughs> this is like next level shit. <laughs> oh my heading. god! This is I mean, this is like oh my. God. Yeah, Rousseau, you're beautiful just the way you are. No need to change. No, you're, there's no possible improvement. Oh my lord! Wow, it is like. It's honestly like um. When most people have a, have a crazy ideology, you have to do a reductio ad absurdum to make it see so how crazy it is. Yeah. Rousseau's own writing is the extreme of it. Like, there's no need to like do a reductio out of something. You can just quote Rousseau like, "This is how extreme it is." There's no need to like do any argument. Just, just read it. Anyone who says, "Yeah, that makes sense," is an idiot. He, was I he mean, like born in like you know in like 2020? I'm like Jesus like Christ. A, he like, sounds this like a guy is, I mean, yeah. I mean, he is clown world on steroids. I mean, he's clown world. What is this? Rousseau. 18th century? He's 18th century, I believe. I think it was like yeah, 17th, he's 18th, 18th century. century. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like full, full blown clown world. We need someone and to the... Photoshop Rousseau with a clown mask on and say "King of the Clown Wood" with a Zoomer I... haircut, Zoomer perms. Yes. No, and like marching with Black Lives Matter. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I am, I was George Floyd. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Just... No, better, better. George Floyd was me. <laughs> oh my God, he would say that. <laughs> oh my god! I, 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 I mean, I'm George Floyd was only striving for Russo's greatness. <laughs> <laughs>
who so wished he could have a counterfeit 20. Is there is there anyone today who actually is like a Rousseauian guy? Like I know we see it like his influence and stuff. Is there anyone like in academia who still is like a Rousseau person? Like do these people exist? I can't or... imagine. I, I've met um like art girls who also kind of do philosophy who like Rousseau and know nothing about his life. Ah. Um, who read like maybe this who like read the social contract and had to write a paper on it. I know yeah, that type. Art girls shouldn't be allowed to do philosophy. I've had this comment from even my liberal friends. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is that's it. No, go back you to painting, said, you paintings. I don't want you. You, should, you could have just stopped it. At art people shouldn't be allowed to do. <laughs> and the prose of Rousseau is beautiful, by the way. Like I have revealed my heart as it was in your eyes, eternal being. Gather round me the countless multitude of my fellow creatures. Let them hear my confessions. Let them lament my infamies. Let them blush for my meanness. That's beautiful. But then you hey, go, let each, and then you continue. Let each of them in his turn disclose his heart at the foot of your throne with the same sincerity. Good. And then mm-hmm. let but one of them say, if he dare, I was better than that man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We saw another example of a liberal philosopher who served us for the English teacher. And I like, like I also like uh, is... uh, Mahitan. Mahitan's prose is actually just as good as Rousseau's, I think. Yeah. Where the last man. paragraph, each of one perceives dimly that the whole order of a physical world. It, no, I'll just cut the sentence. The human heart yields. It thinks it hears the lamentations of a spirit. Nay, some echo the unutterable lamentation, which is a scry of the spirit of holiness in us, at which the joints of creation groan. But really, in fact, it hears only a vicious riot of flesh and blood. That's a really good part, of, like, chapter. Yeah. I mean, that's the French Revolution right there. Yes, exactly. Oh it's my god. Mahitani you can, is really, really good. So and good. you can see like exactly where the French Revolution comes from when like this is the father of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy oh, yeah. crap. I mean, is it, As uh, before he became the saint of the revolution. As Mahitan right, pointed yeah. out. That is oh my god. Yeah, the the, the French Revolution. It's it's I'll see what the other day. Like, Prince of Leaf was so bad that even like in the Assassin's Creed game, which are already weighted, you know, M and that kind of stuff, they can do whatever they want. In the Prince of Leaf, one of Assassin's Creed Unity, they barely touch any of the politics and they barely touch any of it because it's like, no, no, is this a backdrop? Prince of Leaf is the backdrop to the story. It's yeah, no because you can't, because you can't if you do any of it. Deep into it. It's really, really bad, Jalon. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. You can't do it. Like, As Lindin described, it's so bad. Exactly. Thousand Creed Three, all of it was like focused. You have many revolutionary characters. Was like, that was a story with the American Revolution. This one, this is no smacked up. I can't touch it. Like, there's like one side with just like one guy, and it's like, that's as far as they go into the French Revolution because it's just that terrible. Yeah. And it's wow. You just can't with it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Right. I, I'm just like, I, I knew he was crazy. Mm-hmm. I just like. I don't even know how. I, I this is just so much more than I expected. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, his holiness consists in loving himself without comparison by one of those feats of psychological acrobatics of which only disease is capable. <laughs> Never having conceived his mortal life as anything but a performance, he ceases to think of the opinion of others on the day when there is only himself to fill the auditorium. The self of Jean-Jacques has become in itself so interesting, so highly consoling that it deserves to be contemplated and loved for itself alone. This is Aristotle. Un- this is Aristotle's unmoved mover, because Aristotle had no conception of a Christian or Catholic God. He thought the unmoved mover would eternally contemplate itself. 
This is uh, basically that. He made himself into the Aristotelian unmoved mover. The eternal contemplator of himself because he's perfect goodness. While everyone else is less. I uh, I just found this while looking up to it. Looking this up. Uh, Eric von Knudlerden, the Western Dilemma, Calvin and Rousseau. Apparently he wrote me on like Calvin and Rousseau was the uh, Western Dilemma. That's the one I have to look at. Oh, great. I got another thing to read. Apparently oh, it's, a, it's a study guide. Oh, well, that's interesting. I, I need to... Huh. Look into this more, but I just, I just typed, I want, because I, I, I knew a lot about the French Revolution. I was wondering if he had anything on Rousseau, and he apparently has several things on Rousseau. So, I, to I bet, uh, yeah. Tonight. He's this much of a character. Jesus. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's, that was more not... than I expected. I hadn't read that last part. I read up to mm -hmm. six before. I hadn't read mm -hmm. past six. I hadn't read six itself. So, that was, you know, as much a, as much a blow and a surprise to me as it was for you guys. <laughs> Man, yeah. that paragraph from the confessions is that's something else. They no one should be allowed to write confessions books anymore. Augustine perfected it. I'm mean, no yeah. one wants to be allowed to write it. You ever read Tolstoy's confessions? It's no, not no. the same. Why would you even like I never got anyone who anyone who reads Tolstoy's anything don't read Tolstoy's fiction. That's it. And that's not a fiction, it's just terrible. What's it didn't he write uh War and Peace? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's, yeah, fixing yeah, fixing is great. Poor piece. Was, Desert, Desert yeah, Iliad is fantastic. Good. Yeah, Desert, Desert, oh, okay. Desert Evan Iliad is fantastic. One of my favorite ones. It's important uh, to remember that I believe Tolstoy denounced all his works later. He write he wrote Anna Karenina, One Piece. Anna Karenina, I believe, was Dostoevsky's favorite novel. So if you like Dostoevsky, Anna Karenina. And Ayn Rand's least favorite. Uh, not surprised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you, uh, if you, you look did the life of what did he write? He wrote uh, uh, Ivan Ilyich. He wrote um, Ivan Ilyich. Yeah, David yeah. Life of Ivan Denisovich is uh, Solzhenitsyn. It's not yeah. Tolstoy. Sorry, I was confused yeah, I mean, there. If you look at very uh, Russian names, man. <laughs> Ivan Ilyam, yeah. whatever. They're all the same. Uh, His anarchist yeah. book, The Kingdom of God Within You by Leo Tolstoy. Of course, it has a yellow and black. But he later back. he had like a, an artistic manifesto which he denounced all the like uh, his previous work. Well, he also like, went away from his wife and kids and then died in a train station. <laughs> Did he? Like, yeah, he was like really? he was getting really, really old, and he hated his life, and he wanted to kill himself, but he didn't want to kill himself, and so he because it was a question. Yeah, so he left all his wife and kids and disappeared in the middle of the night to a train station, waited for a train, and froze to death, and that's how he went out. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of pathetic. Kind of, um, he didn't take a lesson from Ivan Ilyich. There's only lessons in the ebook of Ivan Ilyich. He didn't take the heart. Again, um, he didn't. I think at mind. one point he kind of had the same, not maybe the same, but a different. You know, the same as, as Mahitan said, that's a mantle acrobatics of which only disease yeah. is capable. That's such a good line, too. Mahitan has so many good lines here. I think Tosa mm. also sounds a bunch of people to do this to, this to see if he can kill him. Okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's, that's actually <laughs> he, like a. He's a, a, good he's thing a character. Tosa is a, a real interesting character. And people don't like. People either talk about only about his fiction, they only talk about his anarchism stuff, never really incorporate everything about him. Really, overall. Fascinating guy to read up on. And it's I highly interesting everybody look at to Tolstoy. note that Mahitan before this, because he's focusing on his life, not much on like what he thought in social contract or whatever. But you know, Husso's declamations bore us, but his life is very interesting. So let's take a look at that, because that might actually be of use in study to realize what's going on here in this mind that basically create the father of the modern world, as he calls him at one point, or as he quotes someone calling him. Like, that's actually way more interesting than just reading the social contract. You're probably not going to get much from reading the social contract. It's probably going to read as outdated, like maybe as a, like as a work of political theory, like probably mm -hmm. like 
if you're going like between the free classical was ones which are second treaties of government by law social contract and leviathan you're probably better off reading leviathan by hobbes yeah. like which is just like a very pessimistic view of humanity it's probably it's way more accurate than whatever yeah. Husso is talking about i mean this is how he conceives of himself like i mean he must think everybody else is you know all, like just almost like angels I mean, he, he's basically God. Everyone else just must be angels by comparison. Again, this is the guy who had the noble savage. This is the creator of that idea, remember? I think, I, I mm -hmm. believe Mahitan will later get into it. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't see how he He rejected not. private property. Mm -hmm. He thought that, that, yeah, Rousseau thought that private property was like the, the mother of all evils, which is funny because <laughs> he, he believed in self-ownership. That's where that idea comes oh, from. Gentlemen, may I read just the next sentence that uh, Mahitan has? It's yeah, so ahead. good, and it's going to complement this perfectly. So the beginning of part seven, just a, which is just the very first sentence, it's a paragraph in itself. Mimicry of sanctity, changing of the heroic life into a religious enjoyment of self, ambition to reach God and the divine life by sensation and the effective imagination. Is, Jean, is not Jean-Jacques the finest specimen of the naturalist mysticism of feeling? That's yep. really good. He's fantastic. But again, which is I love the, oh, the nice. little quips he has against the you know naturalism, subjectivism, he's, idealism. He's what so was the it, other one. It's, it's, uh, it's like a, what it was. Not only the beautiful writing and like spot on and like brilliant takedowns and uh, explanations. It also has like a, a petty feel to it almost. Where it's just mm -hmm. like, yeah, what about nature? Forget about this. We're, we're not going to do a photography. Yeah, so much for modesty at one point. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he's very, he has a very petty way of writing as well. Which I, I really it's very French. It. Yeah, I love it. It's very French. I normally don't like Fritzman, but Zach Martin gets a pass. He's the, yeah, him and like, Catholic Frenchman get a pass. Yeah, Catholic Frenchman get a pass. Lefebvre gets a pass. Uh huh. <laughs> Charlemagne gets a pass. Yep. Uh, that was before France. That was Franks. That wasn't France. It was the kingdom okay. of the Franks. Different age. Different age. And <laughs> yeah. hey, if you got to the part of a uh, of um, they have crown. There's no the Frenchman which is six foot tall or whatever Charlemagne was. <laughs> Impossible. What was the um? Has, has you got to the part in a they have crown where Lefebvre talks about Jacques Martin? I know. We uh, yeah, yeah, we got past that. Okay. Yeah. What, what did he have? Did he have so. anything interesting to say on him? I, I don't think. I think I, it was it. just like a. a uh, I think it's just a one or uh, like a one sentence offhand comment, but I can't recall what it was. Okay. I've, I've been I've been seeing so I've been seeing that was so Martin pop up in a few of the books like, like uh, Zika Tessin referenced him as a uh, Monsieur Martin a few times. It was um Monsieur Martin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they lived around the same time. Yeah. Also, if anyone wants to, I found a book. Apparently, DK Tessin wrote one of his like autobiographies of um, Leo Tolstoy. Biography. So, wait, biography, from yeah. the perspective of Tolstoy, is it also? Uh, no, sorry, it's a biography, not autobiography. Oh, okay, okay, okay. George Herbert Pierce, and Edward Garnett wrote a um, a treat. They're treating also a, a biography of uh, Leo Tolstoy. So. That's interesting. I really like Chester. I'm finishing Everlasting Man right now. Man, is Same. he good? He writes yeah, like Mahitan, but more English, <laughs> as yes. you as you would expect. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's many 20th century uh, thinkers, philosophers. They just a different breed. And my man is so beautiful. There's so many yes. quotes I can get from when he talks about either the church or Christ. I mean, there's a really like rousing one where he says, you know, the Romans thought against when they were fighting against the Carthaginians, like they knew that they sacrificed children to Moloch. Like they knew, and that's why they yeah. fielded army after army after army after army. 
to to fight against us because they fought like that's why Cato was Carnegie de Lenda esque. Like, no, 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 destroy this thing, salt it. And you know, he says, if the and I got this conclusion that he said something like the best of the heathens could destroy the worst of the heathens. If now <laughs> we have the worst of the heathens with things like uh, abortion, let's say, and other such things, then surely even the worst of the Catholics and those who believe in truth can fight against this thing if the best of the heathens could prevail against it. Which is a very, a very rousing point. moment how he delivers mm. it. Yeah, we, we should cover some chess events sooner or later. Do some live reading. So like, he's next to other eboards or something. I'd love to read uh, some parts of Everlasting Man. There's a few paragraphs, which are some, like, pages, which are really, really good. I might do a recorded reading of that. But, yeah, gentlemen, do you have any final comments, I suppose? I'm speechless. Um, yeah. I'm still, I'm still taking it in. So I almost feel like we're going to have to continue this on the next reading. Is is uh, First off, it's going to be the debrief from last time. How are you guys holding up? Are you okay? <laughs> Your egos aren't hurt by, by Rousseau's greatness? <laughs> we'll have to ask Einkast's reaction to, the, to this as well. Oh, I'm interested he, to see what he's thought of this. That dude, is, he retweeted the link. Yeah, I saw that as well. <laughs> He yeah, on Twitter, on, we tweet the link, delete the app again. Yeah, you were right, uh, Andrew, to like make this it's Russo its own episode instead yeah. of Luther and the Because man, I get yeah, what I a move. piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> what a piece of work. This is the guy who inspired all of Western civilization. Uh, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, all of liberalism, all of liberal civilization, decivilization. <laughs> yeah. I can see it. Yeah, yeah I, I can definitely see it. Like you see so much of him everywhere. Yes, uh, it's just like it's everything he is all over the place. I mean, just like growing up, it's like all, all this. You're perfect the way you are. You don't ever have to change. You know, Peter Pan. You don't have to grow up. <laughs> and yeah, you could be an orphan, and you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to see. I say I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna on my new series, the uh, the classic Dylan Live. I'm gonna take Disney films and just critique the fuck out of them. I'm just gonna do Peter Pan and just like critique like all the modern notions that yeah. the Disney films put out there. How terrible they are for the average person. Well, I, a, I mean, it, it's occurring to me now. Like, you know, it's like divorce and you know war and stuff like that. It's responsible for creating people like Rousseau. You know, people mm -hmm. with this kind of mental illness, you know, it's like, this is what abandonment as a child does to, you know, to, to a kid. So like, if you say, oh yeah, you know, abandoning your, your kids is, fi is fine or, you know, just, or, no or, 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 you know, divorce is okay. It's mm -hmm. like, this is the kind of evil it causes. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, again, it's like the, the feats of which only mental illness and disease could reach. Oh, you want to you want yeah. outlaw you want outlaw divorce? Yeah, I don't want another Rousseau. That, that's yes. the yes. argument. That's yeah, the I don't argument. want Rousseaus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic argument. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet that at Ace tonight. Yes, divorce would be illegal. I don't want more Rousseaus. And it's like, yes, I'm just gonna tweet mute that. that. Tweet that. <laughs> tweet that. You should make an Austro-Thomism article saying the art of utilitarian case against divorce and, no, and just one line, no more Rousseau's. And <laughs> that would be my it. article. <laughs> Done. No more Rousseau's. But uh. man, yeah. Abandoned five children. And then write That's... a book on it. I mean, <laughs> write a book and, on it. And concluded, kid, the, a book on it. and it concluded the state would do a better job. Did a better job. He hated more. the state. Like, I cannot believe that, like, you know, 
this really feels like God gave him like five separate instances to make up for all the other evils he had committed, for all his other sins. Like, okay, just take care of his child. Then he said, no. Okay, please, you can take care of his child. No. Okay, they're like, oh, oh what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Rousseau? Oh, like, yeah, five I... separate instances? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's the first one is the hardest one, but like, do you get these? I don't even... How, how do you get desensitized to child abandonment? Like, is how how do you do it so often? It's a habit. Well, it's like I, I mean, you know, it's, not a, it's not just a sin; it's a vice. It's vicious. It repeats itself. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like how do you do it? I can understand doing it the first time. How do you get do it a second time? And it's third, like how do you not not recognize that was a mistake? <laughs> yeah, how do, is there no self reflection on this? I mean. Like Rousseau had to know that at some that I mean he he wouldn't say it, but he had to know at some point that he was screwed up. At one point, he even confessed that he was you know possessed of a madness when he was basically accusing David Hume of conspiring to kill him. If you read into it, if I believe correctly, and you know charging people against Hume and turn trying to turn all his friends against them. And at one point, and you know later in Mahita notes that he you know Rousseau did say he was possessed of a madness. How do you not? If you have the capability of, nope, we lost him. Yeah, we lost him. But I, I can kind of complete his thought that, like, you how do you not have that kind of self awareness? Nope. Yes. Yeah. You cut out for a minute. We need to cut right back in. Why does he start talking? Oh, okay. yeah. Like, like, how do you not have? Like, you're just like, oh, I was mentally ill for that. For that, you know, don't take that. You know, I, I don't take my perfection away from me. Never mind my mental illness that made me and, do the bad thing. And how the do you not regard that mental illness, that craziness, as a result of your own abandonment? Yeah. Modern translation of that is, sorry, I'm just a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, wow. I'm a pure spirit as an angel. Like they yeah. yeah, he is Descartes' angel acting like a beast. That was Holy such shit. a good summary of him. Just, yeah. I'm so glad we, we we covered this book, guys. This is yes. a fantastic one. I just need to get more views. I'm gonna say it everywhere. Yeah. That, that that one clip about uh outlawing divorce, that one. Yeah. That one. <laughs> no, 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 just cut no, don't tweet it at Ace, tweet the clip at Ace. Tweet the clip at Ace, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right on. <laughs> okay all right yeah guys. plugs plugs i'll go first okay. uh i, I killed a brown 549 on twitter at austin on twitter website's back up at austin got a lot of great work coming out next episode will be saturday night we got constant dealers coming on we're going to talk about why everyone on twitter is so fucking stupid and then we're going to talk about protestantism and they caught it's going to be i'm sure it'll be over who so by that time <laughs> I, think I'm I know Guys, we're terrible. We're not Rousseau. I he think I'm just going to say, hey, guys, if you listen to this, I'm just going to read that paragraph. To them. <laughs> yes. Actually, we should open up with that reading. I want that's to a that. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's open up with reading that little quote. <laughs> yes. Have them react 50, to that. By the way, easy to remember. Page 50. Page 50. Remember that. We need to open up with that reading. Okay. That is a brilliant oh, idea. All right. This is going to be so much fun. All right. So that was Kayla's plugs. Uh-huh. Volkov. Okay, so uh, I'm a writer at Austro-Thomism. I'm uh, working on a review of Wilhelm uh, Rapke's a Catholic Austrian economist review of his book, The Humane Economy. 
currently going through that. Uh, I don't know ETA at the moment. I'm at available username on Twitter, and that's pretty much where you can find me. If I post any videos for the foreseeable future, or any recorded stuff, it will be on uh, this channel. So that's my plugs. Hi, I'm I'm Andrew from Popular Liberty, or I should say politically Catholic now, and mm -hmm. I am better than Rousseau. And you can find <laughs> and you can find me at Popular Liberty underscore on Twitter, and uh, you know, which is I I go by the name politically Catholic now, and mm -hmm. you can find me at politically Catholic on YouTube. I'm gonna try to do the uh, uh, parts, uh, you know, part seven dot, uh, or I should say, chapter seven, part two of you know, they have uncrowned him. Mm -hmm. probably this week or next uh still trying to work out the schedule with the uh the baby but mm -hmm. yeah you know, i'm gonna try to do you know it's my not nice uh, call, it's not nice to call be a baby man <laughs> <laughs> no he's a he you know my co-host lb is amazing you he can find amazing. him at lb munis on get him uh, one of these yeah, you should. Yeah, we should. By yeah, the anyway. way, everyone should add better than Rousseau to their bio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to do that, you guys. Uh, and right. do you want to plug, uh, do you want to plug uh, Mises GOP? Oh, yes. Oh, and we have a new link for the uh, – for the GOP Mises Caucus, we are supporting Buck Johnson for for office, and we have a link hey here for Afrotomanism. Hey you know that uh, you know MisesGOP dot org forward slash Catholic. If you want to donate to uh, you know to, to help restore the social kingship of Jesus Christ, Buck Johnson's gonna 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 be on that eventually, and we're gonna get that done. And you know that's just one step at a time. I know we're really far away, but we'll get there. Trust me, mm -hmm. we got a plan, and it's awesome. So mm -hmm. again, MisesGOP.org forward slash Catholic. Wonderful. Well, guys, another episode of Aussie Thomism Roundtable live readings. Uh, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. And remember, we are all better than Rousseau.